Today I spoke with a lady called Eva. Now I enjoy all of my podcasts, but genuinely I was really impressed. Sometimes in life we don't always get offered what we want when we want and we end up in a really uncomfortable place and I don't want to say too much but in Eva's case she just quite literally listened to her heart and from that she's about to start on a project in Salisbury for the community and along the way has brought the community in and it's share for Salisbury it's a great idea I hope you get on board with it. Welcome to the David Watson podcast. How are you? Hi, I'm very well, thank you. And thank you very much for having me. No, you're, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. And um, so thank you to Rebecca for the introduction. And I see now I normally will actually do a fair bit of research. Not always, because I'll either know somebody or I don't. And I deliberately, when I checked out your website, stopped. Because I was just like, no, no, no. Because the problem when you are sometimes looking at who you're going to have on the podcast and talk to them is it sometimes you answer questions you might have. So I was yeah. just, <clears throat> I just like, so I stopped myself so that I couldn't learn anything about it except for it's a shop that's opening hopefully soon called Share Salisbury, and you can donate. Absolutely. And from so here, a bit of a mystery then. <laughs> Well, you are because you know what it's like when you when you're um, talking to people, uh, especially for the first time. Um, if you know too much, there's a question that you might not ask, or it might answer it for you, so you don't think to ask. And I was just like, okay, because this, I'm building this up now, but yeah. this is a unique shop. I don't think it's ever been done in this fashion before. So there are other versions. It's not. Um... It's not a copy of another shop. It is very similar to something that they have in Froome. So they have had a library of things in Froome for the last five years, and that is um, fairly well um, instated in the community. And um, they've actually just um, offered someone a job working there as well. So um, it is totally different. So it's the same concept um, where Basically, it's like a normal library, but instead of being books, it's um, sort of other useful items like cleaning equipment, like carpet cleaners, DIY tools, um, camping equipment, um, what else? So kids' toys, anything um, that you might like to borrow. But kitchen kitchen appliances, I saw that listed. Kitchen. Yeah, that's it. So. Um, as well as Froome, they have sort of um, ones opening up in London, but it's a very different um, concept. So that's more of a self-service, a bit like Amazon lockers. So you okay. book something online um, and then you'd go to the lockers themselves and, and go pop in a code and, and take out the item that you wanted to borrow, whether that's a drill or a carpet cleaner. So there, there are similar things. Um, but not exactly how I'm hoping to have it. So they're all slightly different, which is, yeah. yeah. What on earth, how? <laughs> um, so I 
decided I would, I basically heard of the one in Froome and I thought it was a great idea. Um, and kind of over lockdown, I was put on furlough, which um, gave me a lot of time to sort of think and dream and imagine. And I sort of sat with this idea of um, what if Salisbury had its own library of things? And I started making some plans and um, found some other people who had the same ideas and had been to the one in Froome and kind of liked the idea of, of setting up one in Salisbury as well. Um, and yeah, so it's sort of, I call it my lockdown project. Yep. Um, it's been a lot of work uh, in terms of like writing a business plan and, and designing how it's going to work. Um, but I'm sort of raring to go now. It's been a lot of lockdown and not a lot of action yet. Because <laughs> I, yeah, I, I as an idea, I really like it. Because one of, and lots of people will understand this, sometimes there's things you want to do at home. And I'm literally thinking in terms of um, some kitchen appliances maybe, but certainly in terms of power tools. And it's just like, I want to do a job, but like me in particular, the last time I went to use my power tools, they were all dead. And I realized the batteries, they wouldn't recharge. I hadn't used them in a while. And I'm just like, do I need to go through the process of buying power tools again? Because I use them so hardly ever now, just just never. And the idea that there might be a shop where I can... I can just, uh, if I'm a member, I can just sign up and just check. Is that, um, is that, is that a gorgeous still available right now or on Monday or Tuesday? And I, I, I just think it's a great idea. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm thinking like trolley jacks for cars, <laughs> pneumatic drill. It's, it's like an endless list, isn't it? it is. Yeah. And I think like the, the brilliant um, thing with it is it frees up space. So you, you use these items on the odd occasion and perhaps once a year, let's say, um, maybe even less. And to have those items stored in your house, you have to have a big garage or a big house. And like, I'm in a ground floor flat and I didn't yeah. have space for any of that stuff. So, um, yeah, even just having access to those items that you might need on the odd occasion and then you can just give back and you've still got the room in your house and, and yeah. all that. So. No, because I, I honestly think it's brilliant because of exactly that reason. There's so many times when you want something to just use it once. And then you, you look at, like, you think, I'll go and buy it. And then you're like, well, where am I going to put it? What am I going to do with it? And even if it's only 30 quid, it, it's you're just like, yeah, but I'm not going to use it again. You know. Absolutely. And I think um, there's sort of a fact, I mean, I, I don't know how um, accurate it is, because obviously you can't, um, you can't quiz drills, but uh, there's a fact <laughs> that the average drill is used for around 13 minutes in its entire lifetime. And if you think how many drills people have, and they're all just used for 13 minutes, obviously, they're, they can be used much more than that over their lifetime. But um, I no, I'd agree yeah. with that completely. And the reason I agree with that is I used to, um, I've had two vans that I've converted into camper vans. I don't own any now. And 
all of my tools were about making that happen. And so the first van, yeah, kicked that out, did it all up. Uh, it was still pretty crap, um, but I had to buy all these tools. And then I got bored and bought another van just so I could build another van with a new interior. And it cost thousands, but I was bored. And you build up all these tools. But then it was about, I don't know, something like three, four years before I needed anything for that drill again. And I went to use it and it was dead. So I went and got the other drill, you know, because by this time I'd accumulated three or four drills. Because I was, you know, I was genuinely renovating vans. I was building stuff. I would, I'd got into like a, a midlife crisis DIY mode. And then it, once I got bored of all of that and I finished all of those projects, I had nothing else to do. So, and then I thought about it and I was just like, nothing worked. Three battery, um, three drills, three different types of batteries. Nothing worked. It all died because in three, maybe four years, I hadn't switched one of them on. So yeah. I could well believe that 13 minutes is, is, is a maximum you get out of a drill. Absolutely. And people don't need drills. They need holes is the, the point. So that is a very good point. <laughs> come and borrow a drill, give it back. Um, and the idea is it, it's going to be very affordable. So there'll be sort of different levels of membership. Um, that, that should be a T-shirt. You don't need a drill. You need a hole. Yeah. <laughs> borrow, borrow, borrow our drill. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it's, we're hoping that it's going to be affordable for everyone. So um, whether it's a, a case of you don't have space to store the items or whether you don't have money to purchase the item outright. Um, and we're hoping to get in stock um, sort of high high end goods. So um, it will be the, the top dog carpet cleaner sort, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Well, carpet cleaners is a big one because a lot of people hire carpet cleaners for a reason. You know, they're, they're completely invaluable, but you, you, you probably only need them when either somebody's, you've had a bit of a party or you, you're moving house or something, you know, or you're about to yeah. move into a house. It's normally associated with either an accident or a house move of some description. You know, so what? So, how, so you learn about it through the Froom shop, and furlough. You didn't have enough to do, so you were thinking about things. Yeah, <clears throat> but that's still a big step to now. I'm opening a shop. Yes. So um, during lockdown and um when i was on furlough um i guess sort of i i started these embryonic ideas of what it'd be like if salisbury had one um and it it got to the point where i was let go by the company that i was working for so i was taken off furlough um, and made redundant um and i just took it as a sign i was like well perfect already started the cogs Cogs working, like, um, why not make this a real thing and, and actually see if I can make it happen? I mean, there's no better time in my uh, thoughts than, than now. And people are likely to be in the same boat as me on the other end of lockdown. Perhaps they've lost their jobs. Perhaps they're not being paid as much. Um, 
and yeah this this will help the community and the people who who perhaps are struggling because of lockdown and and possible recession following it um and hopefully just bring the community together but yeah it was it was that that sort of shock when I lost my job after being on furlough for a while I thought why don't I just try <laughs> no time like the present no I, I really like that I, I really like that because you know obviously I mean it's never a good time to be made redundant unless mm -hmm. it's two months before you're due to retire redundancy yeah. is pretty pretty shit yeah. So for it to happen in furlough, when you're like, well, what else is going to happen? It must have taken a lot of courage to, uh, do you know what? Sorry, I'll, I'll just start my own business. <laughs> yeah, I think so. During my working life, I have experienced now two redundancies. Um, and I like to think through no fault of my own. The first one was it was a company um, got taken over. All the old staff got made redundant, had a nice little package that was brilliant. Um, was really one of my favourite jobs. And it kind of just, it shook me. It, it gave me that realisation that life doesn't always go your way. I probably would have stayed in that job. I would probably still be there now. Um, I enjoyed it. I did it well I was earning enough money to keep me happy and it was sort of that first realization of life throws things at you I then survived a second redundancy um, where everyone else in the company got made redundant and I was kept on um, on a different post and then obviously this third um, time where I think over 50% of the company was made redundant um, and I take solace in the fact that I was one of the last people to be made redundant. Yeah. So I take that as a compliment. But um, and this is it. And I thought instead of being at the mercy of the corporate industries and if, if they want to keep you on, they can. If they want to get rid of you, they can. Why not just be my own boss, start my own business? Um, the more the harder I work, the better it will be, hopefully. So. Yeah. It's sort of more in, in my court, really, my future. And, yeah, it's doing something good as opposed to um, sort of making someone else money, if that yeah. makes sense. That yeah. makes perfect sense. <laughs> no, but it does, doesn't it? Because, which is one of the reasons I ask, because the, the thing that's always difficult when you get made redundant, and for people that don't know about this, it, it's rarely anything to do with you. It's... That the people that have possibly made the decision don't actually even know that you work there. They they just need to save X amount of money for whatever reason. Or sometimes it's just that we bought you out and everything that you do here is what we do somewhere else. So it, it, it's just not needed. It, it's rarely as personal as it feels. Mm -hmm. And But if you're on the receiving end, well, that doesn't help you any way, shape or form, you know. Um, and... So the idea of, of creating something for you where you can be in control of it and it's your own destiny, you know, especially um, when you've already worked hard for other people and had good results. But I, I'm fascinated by the, the person that had they not been made redundant by the very first job, as you using your own words, is I'd probably still be there. Yeah. 
has that kind of evolution to because it's 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 a weird one in that you are i don't mean weird as in strange weird I, you know um just to oh, be clear. <laughs> but it's because you're actually trying to do something where you take care of yourself but you're doing it for your community yeah so it's not that self-absorbed if you know what i mean absolutely i think so i actually i'm i'm the poorest that i've ever been at the moment but the most <laughs> happy which i just doing something other than making money is good for the soul i'm really enjoying it i've met on this journey so far i've met so many lovely people within the community of salisbury there's so much so many wonderful projects going on and so many uh, like brilliant people that you kind of you start tapping into that um that sector of helping the community the voluntary sector and you just you meet so many amazing people and it's so inspiring and i think um i'm definitely a testament to to money can't buy you happiness because yeah i feel i feel this is good for the soul and i'd like to help reduce inequality in salisbury um, if I can help reduce waste and um, environmental impact locally um, and actually doing something good, which will have have an impact on people's lives, hopefully. Um, yeah, that's that's really no, I, one I, of the main drivers. No, I think it, I genuinely think it's a beautiful thing because one of the things that um, is kind of always been a personal bugbear for me is uh, and, and bearing in mind, you know, to, to, for reference, I'm 46, I'm 47 this year. So technology's changed a little. So but when I was a child, if you went to Salisbury Library on a Saturday, it was ran for the kids because that was the only access we had to information. Mm-hmm. So everybody, you know, the, the library, and, you know, there's a library in Ainsbury where I live, but it was a, a community hub. People went there. And if you went to library, the library during the week, it would be filled with this, the same community of people, people, you know, lending books, borrowing books, um, reading the latest magazine subscriptions, because people used to donate magazine subscriptions to Salisbury Library. So, yeah, to do what I mean. So you, they don't, I don't know if it's changed, but they never used to pay for them. The mag- a lot of the magazines used to uh, read because people donated subscriptions. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I <laughs> yeah, so, so sometimes when you were going in there reading the latest magazine, it was it was a donation for somebody else. They subscribed on an annual subscription to Salisbury Library or Wiltshire Library, so that yeah. pe- people who might not otherwise have the opportunity can read the magazines and be, and and you used to like especially back then you, you used to it's going to turn into a rant if I'm not careful, but especially back then you used to get these you know like I, I this is so geeky I used to love reading the New York. Um, Review of books, I think it was called. New York Review of Book Review, something like that. And it was actually, it was a proper, like, big, like, massive paper that used to come out monthly, if I remember correctly. And there's the London Review of Books as well. And all it is is very intellectual people reviewing very intellectual books. You don't need to read the books. They give you such a good synopsis of what's going on in there. You can take some real takeaway points. It's like, I don't need to read the book. It's 2,000 pages anyway. I'd get bored. 
But yeah. you could sit there and it was one of the most interesting magazines I'd, or papers I'd ever read. Yeah. And you'd learn so much about what people around the world were writing about, whether it be in the academic world, the political world, social, economics, whatever. And you'd be like, you know, I, I, I remember like learning rand, such random things in, in the 90s. Like there was this, um, this is really steering off on a tangent, but this guy had written a book and he'd gone somewhere in the former USSR as it was collapsing. And one of the local gangsters took over the entire town, right? But ran it in a way that he thought a town should be run. And it was one, and for a period of time, despite the fact he was a gangster and all of that, he kept the schools open, the hospitals open, the public transport running. He had his own guys working alongside the police to make sure nobody was stealing. There was no corruption. <laughs> and he ran it. And it was like one of the, and this guy who went over there to report, it's like one of the nicest places you'd ever been. But, wow. this, but this guy was, was a proper full on Russian oligarch. But it was just wow. like, when it all started to collapse, he was like, well, this is my town and I'm not letting that happen to my town. And this guy had written a book and it was amazing, you know, to read this synopsis of how it all worked and everything. Um, and that's, so that's why when I heard about what you were doing, um, through Rebecca I was really intrigued because in my head I can see this given time to grow and and people connect that actually you will get people coming in and out and you'll get them far and wide from all over the Salisbury area and and I love any concept of idea where like you were saying through voluntaries uh the voluntary organizations and people already working in the community uh, you, you realise just how many people out there do care. And actually, Salisbury's a really nice place. And there's lots going on if you want to get involved. You know, Absolutely. Uh, and it's, um, it's funny that you were saying about sort of the library feeling like a bit of a community hub. Because, like, um, obviously, while I had time dreaming and thinking over, uh, over, over lockdown, I sort of, in my head, this, um, library of things will hopefully develop into um, uh, more of a community hub so as well as having the library of things you've got a waste free shop and then you've got a like seating area with a cafe and just somewhere that people can come and while they're they're coming to pick up their drill they might sit and have a coffee with their friends and pick up their refills from the refill station and and just sort of build on that that community um, yeah community hub idea um which is really what i think we lack in today's society and definitely on this side of lockdown it, it is that communal space where people can go and and meet each other and if you go there you're, you're bound to see someone you know and yeah we're, we're all quite um locked up in our own houses at the moment it'd be nice to bring that back to to salisbury again yeah, no, I I agree completely because there was something you know when, when you know we used to have this old-fashioned name called the community centre, and that's because you know ironically it's supposed to be the centre of the community, and mm-hmm. and things like Share for Salisbury can be those central hubs where where if you just want something, just go go in and ask, mm-hmm. go in and inquire, you know, and like like you said, if given enough time and enough enough success what can kind of morph itself onto it you know where where how can it expand in in a way that keeps it interested in the community you know 
it's like you said, you know, you, you can have you, some like somebody attached to a cafe where, again, you're encouraging more people to come in, to sit down, to be amongst other people in the community. Mm-hmm. And there, it's removing that isolation that we're all experiencing now. Yeah. Um, and for some people, that's been harder than, than others. For some, you know, for, for me, it's been, hasn't had an impact. I work in care work. I've never been busier. <laughs> you know, while everyone else has been locked out, I'm, I'm out every day. It is, you know, so I haven't had the mental effects, the mental health side effects that that's had on some of the people I do know. Mm-hmm. And, and also there's this like common thing that we all talk about, you know, like you and I were talking about earlier. When you you try and want something and you're forced down and either, well, I, I can't do it or I'm just going to have to go and purchase this. And then it's literally going to sit there and I'm never touching it. <laughs> and you're like, hmm, okay. So just shifting it again in another direction. I did briefly read about things like pat testing. And so there is obviously that health and safety side of certain things. <clears throat> what have you had to learn? Oh, <laughs> well, I've learned, um, I've learned a lot. Um, in terms oh, I don't of doubt health, it. <laughs> yeah, I think, do you know, it's been such an experience. And I think I've honestly grown more as a person in the last four or five months than I have done since I left school. Um, and that is, I've been on various webinars to, um, learn, um, skills in how to manage volunteers. I've been on webinars about finances to to learn how to do taxes and self-assessments. I've learned, I've been on a course on how to write a a business plan and a cash flow forecast that makes sense. (laughs) I've taught myself how to design websites on wordpress (laughs) like i've just it's it's been really fun i think is the right word um and yeah and i think i'm pretty much ready to open now (laughs) it's been so long i've been getting all these learning all these things and and now i'm sort of like yeah now now i'm ready um to get this open it's just a case of um waiting for the location um to be ready as well and just actually enacting those steps to to make it a, a real thing now which is um yeah slightly terrifying but exciting well it could be a big come down from all of everything you else you have been doing yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that's all right because you're a qualified business consultant now so you can just go straight in just switch roles just take that yeah. sign down and just say Eva McHugh, business consultant, <laughs> yeah. formerly of Share for Salisbury. Yeah, plan B. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But it, it is interesting because it? it's not just as simple as the idea. Mm-hmm. How did you find out what you needed to do? So when I started out um, the journey, I did contact Froome. So their share shop, they're they're really helpful um, and have like a a sort of toolkit. Oh, nice. Yeah, they describe their stages of what they did, when they did it, um, their pitfalls, things that really worked for them. Um, So that was really helpful to get started. Um, Then it was sort of 
planning, creating a business plan and figuring out what it is that I need to do. And I've had so much help. Like I said, um, sort of tapping into to some of the community, um, one of the directors of Chef Salisbury set up the repair cafe in Salisbury. Yep. So um, he has experience with setting up community interest companies, um, insurances that would be needed and things like that. So, and he's he's been a massive help. Um, there's there's lots of different people that have sort of that I can ask questions to, which is is really um, good to have that support and know that there's people out there that have already done things like this before. And if I've got any questions, I can just go to them and help. Help me. <laughs> <laughs> um... Sorry, I thought you I thought you could say some more. No, I think I've just, um... You just got overwhelmed, like, Jesus Christ, what have I done? Yeah, I don't even think I I remember what the question was. I just started um, waffling, but... Do you know? No, no, you weren't. You were talking about how many... Because that's a nice thing as well. One that is the shop in Froome, that they actually had a starter kit. And we're like, oh, we'll help you set it up. And that's I think that's really nice because that kind of sticks with the whole philosophy of sharing, you know? Mm -hmm. And then you were talking um, about the gentleman who had already set up some community places where, um, was it the share cafe, the repair cafe? Repair cafe, yeah. Yeah. And but you were saying that within the, within Salisbury, the voluntary community, that every time you had a question, people were really generous of their time and really helped you, um, which is reassuring. It's not, it's nice to know, you know, um, so there's a possibility then that once this is up and running, you could actually kind of give people advice on how to do business startups. Absolutely. So, um, is that I one think... of your plans already? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> I mean, the idea is to start with, um, item sharing. So there's the yep. physical items that people can come and borrow. I, I then quite like it to develop to develop into um, skill sharing. So whether that's um, me giving advice on how I've set up this community interest company um, to other people, I wouldn't say I'm a, a pro. <laughs> I would have to set that as a caveat. Um, you know before... more than most though. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess so. Yeah, from this process, I, I'm probably underselling myself there, but- um, I think you are. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then whether that's sort of, um, computer-based skills or DIY skills, I'd like to sort of develop into, um, knowledge and skill sharing once that initial item sharing the library of things is up and running and, and possibly hold workshops and yeah, just really help to, um, help to gel the community and increase resilience. And if there's people that, um, can, there's so many people that know so many wonderful things in Salisbury that to be able to share that that knowledge and expertise would be brilliant. Yeah, it would. It would, you know. So so that would that be kind of like down a workshop type route? Absolutely. I think, yeah, if there's um, in the space, if there's enough um, room to hold workshops, um, it'd be nice to invite local people um, to come and, and hold a workshop in, in the space as well. And there might even be items that 
can be borrowed to run the workshop and, and work quite nicely. Um, and also where I mentioned the repair cafe as well, um, they were holding monthly events um, before COVID and they're just sort of looking to open up again soon. But that's that's another thing um, that goes quite nicely. And I think there's some places that have a repair and share. Yeah. So they have their repair cafe, um, which is very much integrated into the library of things as well. Um, because obviously if things get broken when they're borrowed, they can then be repaired quite easily as well. So in terms of finances, how is it? I know some of its donations. Um, you do is it you do have a donation page, don't you, for both? But if somebody wants to, they can donate money, can't they, to help you? Yeah, so um, in order to sort of get the ball rolling, um, we launched a GoFundMe campaign, which um, has absolutely blown me away. There's been so many people who have donated to that. Um, I think we're on about 1,250 on, on the page, and there's been external donations as well. Um, and we were actually uh, awarded a council grant from Salisbury Area Board. So um, we received £3,200 from them to get started. So, yeah, we've got the plan. We've got the money. That's <laughs> good. To, um, and another aspect of donations as well is a lot of people have come forward with items that they, um, they would like to donate. So we've had all sorts of things. We've had drills. We've had tents um we've had garden shredders um anything you can think of it's, uh, it's yeah. probably been donated <laughs> but actually that's a good one because tents as soon as you said that yeah because how many people want to go away but don't because they just don't want to go and spend the money on a tent even if it's just a a, a tent for 99 pounds they're just like yeah but i know i'm going to throw it away mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and you're going to be, be inundated so with tents I think I'm going to have a stockpile, especially as like holidays abroad this year and maybe next year aren't going to be a thing. I think a lot of people are going to be staying in the country. So having having that tent um, and it's just everything as well. When you think of it, it's like the tent, it's the, the camping bed, the camping chairs, the, the cooking stove. Like, yeah, pay for all of that. You, it's probably the same as going on holiday. It's a few hundred pounds. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. somebody that used to have a camper van and stuff. It, yeah. Any any of these items can appear cheap, but once you you get a stockpile of everything, it, it's you're easily into it all for 500 quid. Mm-hmm. You know. Um but I I can just see a, um like especially school holiday times. Just just tents getting pitched up all around gardens and Salisbury kids are just after an adventure and they've borrowed it from the shop. I just want a tent. Yeah. <laughs> Here's me membership card. Now give me me tent. <laughs> Because you have do offer a membership scheme, don't you? Yes. So um, the idea is that you can absolutely come and borrow anything you want on a one-off basis and not sign up as a member. Um, there is a membership scheme, so you can come and um, sign up as a member and you actually get a reduction in the price that it costs to hire. Um, so there'll be a standard membership. That will be around £4 a month. Um, um, we'll also offer lower priced um lower uh membership to people on a low income so that will be about one pound a month but you actually get um 70 discount on the items that that are out to borrow so um the idea is that it is going to be very affordable and and 
anyone can use it. Okay. And who in the, of, of any, this could be a name and shame process, which isn't really the, the, the point, but are there any businesses that are stepping forward to give you stuff to the community? Oh, um, yes. So, so far I've received some donations from Tesco Born Centre in Salisbury. Um, well done, they've been really generous. So um, they've actually donated some car seats and yeah. um, what else have we had? Uh, a child's ride-on <laughs> toy um, and some various other things. So they've been really helpful. Um, I haven't yet approached any other businesses um, within Salisbury to ask for any donations other than Tesco. Um, but that will be the next step. I think once we're in a location, uh, it will be a, a, a case of sort of asking people very nicely um, if they have anything that they would like to donate and um, and we can sort of get their name up there as someone who has helped us along the way of, yeah. of starting this community company. And I suppose one of the big questions is, where is the shop going to be? Uh, so um, it is likely to be in a unit on Churchfield's industrial estate um where it will begin its life i depending on how big we grow um it might outgrow the space but that's where we'll be starting and um yeah hopefully have a, a shop that people can come and, and browse the things um i imagine a lot of people will be booking the items online um as you're more likely to know what you need before you come and have a look um at yeah. what we have so um there will be the ability to book um, and reserve the item online and then you can come down and collect it. But um, yeah, so it's likely to be in a unit on Churchfields. Do you have do you have one secured yet or not? Yes. So we're in discussions um, at the moment. So we've had a couple of meetings already um, and we're actually going down to the unit um, in about a week and a half's time. Um, to have a face-to-face -face meeting, just to have a look at the space and decide where things will go and check that it's all gonna work. So yeah, the ball is rolling, um, but they're not quite ready, obviously because of lockdown and, and yeah. opening slowly, it's been a bit tricky to to get that sorted. Um, but yeah, the, the ball's rolling and um, I, it's likely to be sort of within the next month or so, I would have thought. Okay, and who have you got, do you know, yeah, that when you go to open, whether or not people like the journal and stuff are going to be coming along? Uh, so um, I haven't yet sent out a press release or invited any media. Um, I would hope that they would attend. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll probably invite them when we have an idea of exactly yeah. when we'll open um, and hope that they want to come down. I mean, yeah. Oh, no, I, I do, because <laughs> I, I honestly think it's, like I said, I... Um, and anything where so any, anything where you're trying to get people to pull together and where they can come you know like you know I, I know we're talking about people just borrowing stuff but knowing that there's a central place where you can come and and get stuff pulls the community together and anything that anyone does that encourages that in itself creates community that that's how you create a community and 
you know, one, one of the reasons that I started a podcast is because I was just getting pissed off with the narrative that's always out there in the media that everybody hates each other and there's never anything nice going on. And that's mm-hmm. just not my experience of the world. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? There's literally amazing people like you who were doing, who just sat there like, oh my God, I've got time on my hands. What do I do? Panic sets in. And then you're like, I've got an idea. And you run with it. And, you know, I know we're laughing, but it takes a lot of courage. Do you know what I mean? It is don't, you know, please, you know, take credit for the amount of courage that it takes. Because, you know, I asked you all the things you've had to learn. It's not like you've, t- this hasn't come lightly. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Every now and again, I get a little wave of terror. And I'm like, <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> Yeah, it kind of, it does, it does pass. It's like, no, I know what I'm doing. I've come this far. I know everything that needs to happen now. It just needs to happen. And then I'm like, oh, it'll just be when I'm lying in bed and trying to get to sleep and I'll have a little wave of fear. And I'm like, no, I know what I'm, what I want to do. I know this is going to happen. It's just, yeah. Because <laughs> one of the things um, that you said at the very beginning is and and it was very nice to hear is when you were talking about your outlook on well i got made redundant if i don't do it now i'll never do it and there's there seems to be uh, a kind of spiritual side to that yeah i think um i think potentially i've possibly always been destined to do something like this like when I when I think back I I don't know just um I really want to protect the environment so obviously this has two strains it has the helping reduce inequality I firmly believe that it is um terrible that there are people that have too much money that they know what to do with and there's other people that are struggling um to get by month to month and even the fact that we have homeless people nowadays is beyond me um that we don't that we don't house them but so there's there's the reducing inequality but also helping to protect the environment and it's it's only a a small thing but it's a small thing that i can do yeah so it's not going to save the world it's not going to save the planet but it's something that i can physically do in my area that helps these things slightly and i think that's what feels what makes me feel good about it and makes me feel like i'm doing something um but yeah, I've always been a bit of a, an environmentalist and I love animals and um, yeah, it feels like something, it just sits right with my soul. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I, what I'm trying to say, I think. But that's, I think that's, so there's two things here. I think one one of the things that I do think that, that so, so like when I'm working with people as a coach and stuff like Elemental, never underestimate that, the way you make the world a better place is by starting on your own doorstep. And it sounds like cliche and I know it sounds hippie and I know it sounds all of that, but that is how you make the world a better place. You start at home first, you start with yourself and you start by doing something that you feel this is what I'd like to do. And it's not always the case, you know, these things are very complex, but when you look at things like depression, anxiety, um, 
people that have just lost themselves. It's often because they ignored what they really wanted to do, you know, and it starts from, and it, and it's, look, it's so, so difficult because it never actually presents itself as a, a nice angelic map that gets left under your pillow by some strange deity with a complete roadmap of how it's going to be done. That's not how it works. It starts as a curiosity, as an inkling, and you've kind of got to trust it and you've got to kind of follow it. And then, like in your case, something happened where you were made redundant and you were like, well, it's now or never. You know, and, and there's a leap of faith that's got to be taken. But as you took that leap of faith, you were like, oh, actually, this feels... The problem is, is the way that we talk using words doesn't describe it well enough. You could write a whole book on it and somebody would still like, no, I don't understand. I don't get it. Because yeah. it, it's something within. It starts from within you. And it just feels right. Mm-hmm. And I and I just think that's beautiful. And because it's centred on the... Like you said, it's, it's a combination of all of these things of, I want a better community, so what can I do to make it better? I do have concerns about the environment. And the, and the way that we live. So what can I do about that within my community to make it better? And now I've run out of things to say. <laughs> but it is, it is, do you know what I mean? I, I understand where that comes from. It is, you just, it just feels right. And the reason it feels right, because there's all the, these things that I would like to make change the world. And if you look at it too big, too globally, it just becomes overwhelming and seems pointless. But if you bring it just back down to your own doorstep, you suddenly realise how powerful you are and just what you can do about it. Absolutely. And I don't think the people in Froome, when they started their share shop, I don't think they ever thought that it would then network off. And there's there's ones in Glasgow, there's ones in London, there'll be one in Salisbury soon. (laughs) And that's just them doing something locally, which has then spread... And I, I think, yeah, that's what I like about it. They, they've only done something local, but it has had an effect um, on the rest of the country. And, yeah, might see more popping up as well. But, <laughs> but why not? Because it inspired you. Hmm. You know, you, you had, you knew there was something you wanted to do and you, and you were inspired about it. So jump in to another cliche and... Magic wand scenario, right? If there's no limitations, what would you like it to become? Oh, okay. <clears throat> 10 years from now, 20 years from now, doesn't matter. No limitations, what would you like it to become? No limitations. <clears throat> oh, okay. So I picture um, cent- centre of town, a massive um, warehouse full of everything it has everything that you ever wanted um we have um lots of bikes perhaps like delivery bikes i mean there is a carbon free co-delivery bike in salisbury that we'll be using to deliver the items but maybe we'll have a whole fleet of them just cycling around town delivering items here and there um in the central location in in town you've obviously got you'll have um like a workbench so people can bring their DIY projects into the the library of things and work on them there um, so they don't need to take the items away and bring them back again. There'll be a, a 
cafe and a restaurant which will have um, sort of waste-free food, potentially someone like Pantry Partnership providing the food for it. Um, like I said, a waste-free shop. I'd love to have Blueberry Den, who's the um, local waste-free lady, um, and just have it as more of a, a centre. I guess if you imagine a supermarket, I like the idea that, so supermarkets are brilliant because they're so useful. You can go there, you can buy your food, you can get a key cut, <laughs> you can pick up your prescription, you can, there's, there's not a lot you can't do at a supermarket, which w makes them so brilliant. So I think Blue Sky Thinking, if it was um, as useful as a supermarket could be, so a place where, where people go and they can pick up a drill and they can meet their friend for coffee and somewhere that, that's got so many things, it's so useful. And, and needed by the community that that it, it does become that sort of hub um yeah i think that's <laughs> trying to trying to um get out what's in my head in in words is strange but yeah is... i hope i've painted a picture <clears throat> no you have you have because it is yeah. you know the, the, the big supermarkets where everything is under one roof is is, is a very good analogy because people understand that you know, so you know, there's lots of services. It's not just about um, the lend the lending library as such. You know, there's other things that you can come in for. Um, and so, but we're starting at Churchfields. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Hopefully, yeah. the next month. Yeah, I mean, it keeps sliding, but <laughs> but it's it's sliding because of the COVID lockdown, isn't it? Yeah, it is, um, it, and saying that it's not all negative so it has been good in the sense that I now have created volunteer forms and volunteer handbooks and I've started writing process documents so I'm now doing like the really nitty-gritty stuff that I probably would have been trying to juggle at the same time as opening up whereas now I'm sort of catching up on myself in that sense that I'm completely ready I mean we've got insurance that's ready to go um we've got and it is just the the location getting the shelving getting the items in getting getting it all running um so in a way it's actually been um it's been good because it's just given us that bit more time to prepare and learn some more and <laughs> yeah yeah so, so do, do you have a volunteer force at the moment no so it's been really heartwarming because I've had about six people come forward and say let me know when you open I really want to come in and volunteer I'd absolutely love to help and we haven't even asked for volunteers yet so that was like that is um, good though yeah really and really lovely people as well so I'm and I've met most of them just via zoom or um, email and things like that so the thing that I'm looking forward to most, I think, is meeting these people that are so excited about Salisbury having a library of things, but I've never met them. They really want to help out. They want to know what they can do to help. And, um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to meeting those people. So what do you need from the community now? Um, so in terms of what's needed um a bit of patience because obviously the 
Thank you, Slippy. No, it will be soon. Um, I think now non-essential shops are allowed to open. We'll be able to go in and meet. We'll be able to start getting into the location and, and getting the shelving units up and all, all that sort of thing. So from the community, um, if anyone's got anything that's um, clogging up their garage or their cupboards that they think would be a good addition to a library of things that someone might like to borrow, um, and yeah they can get in touch and, and donate their their items or um yeah follow us on social media that's always good um so that's facebook instagram twitter that i don't do i don't get twitter that's okay <laughs> so but face you're on facebook and instagram aren't you yeah facebook and instagram um at share salisbury you can follow us on both of those I should really um, go down the Twitter route, but it's, again, something else that I'll need to learn. So. I don't, maybe that's one of your workshops, social media workshops, yeah. and, and you get people to do it as part of their training. Yeah. <laughs> they do all the social media for you. Oh, now you're onto something. <laughs> so the podcast is worth it if just for that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so apart, so there's items, but is there anything else you need from people? Do you need... Um, you know, do you need more volunteers? Um, you you do need. Um, would more financial donations be helpful? Um, would you? Do you need? Sorry, I'm not trying to cut you off. I'm trying to think of all the things that I think you might need. Um, <clears throat> so, do you need people to start signing up as members and paying membership fees? It's, it's yeah. So, um, if people um, did want to donate money towards getting it set up, um, they have the ability to pre-order membership for. Um, when we're open so um, they can pre-order membership 50 pounds donation or um, there's a vip membership option and you get a t-shirt um which i'm having designed at the moment which is quite fun getting the the design going so um yeah you can pre-order membership and membership will activate the first time that they borrow something so they won't miss out if they get it now and we don't open for another month it, they've not missed out on a month or anything um yeah and if people want to volunteer they can get in touch um we'll be contacting people soon and and when when we've opened and um sort of having a a volunteer induction day and things like that so that's going to be quite fun um yeah that's about it i think for... okay so <clears throat> but we we just need to draw some lines here i'm assuming you don't want anyone donating livestock or live animals we're, we're not having a pet in library. <laughs> no, no live animals. Um, in terms of donations, uh, good quality, secondhand if possible, nearly new would, would be fab. I mean, I love my cats, but I've got too many of them as it is, so I won't yeah. be accepting anymore. <laughs> um, no, nobody donating their siblings, unwanted no. parents, anything like that. However much they might like to, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but actually one of the things fishing rods I know loads of people will have things like old fishing rods stuck in lofts and stuff like that yeah so but it, where does it how does I know we've talked a lot about electricity um, but that comes under pat testing and stuff so you've got to have all of that equipment pat tested is that correct what about things like push bikes prams stuff like that so in terms of 
push bikes. Um, we have actually had some children's bikes donated and we have, we are hoping that we'll be able to um, loan those out um, as well. We would have to um, speak to the insurance at the moment, that is an exclusion. Yeah. Um, but we're going to see if we can, uh, in fact, have that covered because it'd be quite nice to um, have bike hire, even if it is just children's bikes um, available. Uh, obviously, the the thing with children is that they they keep growing, so they grow out of things. They grow out of bikes. They grow out yeah. of toys. They grow out of clothes. They um, they're very disappointing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Um, so to be able to have something that can help with that, so say a, a bikes, um, someone came up with a brilliant idea of children's wellies. Yeah. Wellies are quite expensive and to be able to come in and just, they're the next size up and they want to go on a walk and splash in puddles, fine, come in and borrow some wellies for the day, why not? <laughs> but look, there'll be hundreds of like parents out there who have young children and they go through growth spurts at a phenomenal rate. And I I know this, I don't have children, but I know this from personal experience because a friend of mine, uh, myself and Hayley, like, 10 years ago now, I think it was, we did this London to Paris bike ride. And we, the ingenious way that we came of raising money was to do car boot sales. Well, it was face painting and car boot sales. Face painting at Fates for kids and car boot sales because we were just given, and I mean given tons of baby clothes and children's clothes for nothing and when you started sorting through all the piles, about a third of it was never worn, still in tags, <clears throat> because children were just growing so quickly. They never got around. Somebody would buy them something for their birthday. But a month later, it would be miles too small for them. And so, no, I agree. Things like children's wellies is a winner. Roller skates, wellies, anything like that, because they yeah. grow so quickly. Definitely. Why did you um, cycle to, to Paris? Uh, I mean, my friend Hayley and I uh, both used to work in uh, a day centre, was the Serum Centre then, and we were raising money for Wilton Riding for Disabled, and we raised about I think, three and a half thousand pounds or something. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, and we cycled to from London to Paris was uh, kind of um, was what we were was the activity we were doing to get people to lend us, you know, to give us money for donations. Yeah. How long did it take? Uh, we did it, the one we did was, I think, four days, five days, but they they, they do do a 24-hour one. You can do it, <clears throat> you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, It's they did a, a scenic route that was the one we did. Um, <clears throat> so it was about 300-and-something miles in total. And cyclists, people who are keen cyclists, will know that that's not a great distance when you're cycling. You know, So the first day was like 110 miles, and then like the next day was like 90, then it was like 70, then 60. And by the last day... <clears throat> things were just sore do you know what yeah. I mean? like everything was just sore because <laughs> as much training as you could do you you the thing that <clears throat> we didn't know in hindsight was you would actually be better training to do 30 miles every day seven days a week to just get used to the repetitiveness of sitting on a bike mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> whereas we'd actually trained a couple of times and done a couple of centimeter bike rides so we knew we could do it but we hadn't factored in well you're going to have to get on the bike again the next day and do it again and and that's yeah. the bit that's the bit that caught caught both of us out caught about 90 percent of the people there caught it caught them out is oh, i've got to get back on it and you had Were to you do sitting it. on a pillow by the end of it 
you're sitting on everything, <laughs> anything that will give you. But it, actually, weirdly, it's things like your heels, just the momentum going up and down on your on your heels. It just gets sore, so so sore, and then just your hands on the handlebars, you just start getting kind of like build up like tiny little bruises, and you know, yeah, yeah, it, it's the weirdest thing. <clears throat> but it was great because we went a scenic route in into Paris and stuff like that, and we sort of cycled uh, along the Seine and we, and as you come around like the Arc de Trion and then drop down into the Eiffel Tower, it, it is just one of the most amazing things I've ever done. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, it, it was, it was fantastic. And like I said, we had to raise all this money and baby clothes were an absolute winner because yeah. <clears throat> everybody wants to give them away because they've just got so many. They only last about two weeks before the child has outgrown them. Mm-hmm. And a third of them are never worn anyway. So you're actually just selling new stuff a lot of the time. You know? Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And genuinely, I'm conscious of time now as well. Genuinely wish you all the luck in the world. I honestly think what you're doing is amazing. I think it's fantastic. And I f- completely applaud and congratulate you for bringing it to Salisbury. It's an amazing thing. Thank you very much. And thank you very much for having me. And that was, yeah. I'm well, amazed at the bike ride. I, I did a 30 mile, 30 mile bike ride the other day and yeah, I was pooped by the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. um, but what we'll have to do is in six months is get you back on so we can talk about it again. Yeah. When it's a real thing and we've opened and, and we're starting to yeah loan things out, that'd be really good. You mean when you've got bored and you're like, how do I expand this? <laughs> yeah, how do I? <laughs> How do I make this bigger and grander? Absolutely. And I look forward to it. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been really nice. You're welcome. And if you were inspired from everything you've heard there, please do keep looking on places like Instagram and Facebook. Share for Salisbury and check out what Eve's up to. There's all the links, all the information for donations, whether it be items or money. And Maybe if you're inspired enough to do something like that in your own community, drop her a line. I guarantee she'll be more than happy to help. Thank you for listening.